Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. Content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of screaming chew show and i'd like to welcome a rock star here rocky kramer how you doing rocky i'm doing well how are you pretty good man can't complain bro can't complain sounds good i mean who who, who would listen anyway right and nobody <laughs> cares huh? <laughs> unless you pay them 200 an hour maybe <laughs> oh, that's right yeah right but um why don't you tell me about yourself man uh sure i uh uh let's see how far back should we go um uh, i'm from norway i grew up there i'm from a, a city called trondheim which is the the third largest city in uh, norway i uh i now live in la and i've lived here for uh almost 10 years so it's i'm uh, i'm actually even i'm i'm a citizen now so it's kind of uh, it's crazy it's crazy how congrats bro i think thank you very much yeah it's uh happened uh, a couple of months ago so i'm i'm a i'm a freshly squeezed uh american uh <laughs> so yeah i uh i'm a musician i'm a guitarist songwriter and uh been doing that my whole life come from a musical family and uh we're just uh, that was just what we were doing and uh, i didn't really play an instrument until my mom passed away she passed away when i was five and that's when uh my father wanted uh, his two kids, his two sons, to play an instrument. And uh, I ended up playing the violin and my brother ended up playing the piano, which is uh, basically my mother played the piano and my father played uh, violin. So it was kind of we're both playing one of our parents' uh, instrument. Wow. So it's just a lot of music in the house. We actually had two pianos in the house. My father plays piano, too. So it's just a lot of music and uh it's it's slowly or i shouldn't say slowly i i became interested in rock and roll early on like seven or eight i remember i had uh had a neighbor that had uh had, had a kiss cassette and uh like iron maiden and uh, a few other bands that i'd never heard this music before i didn't really pay attention to it and i didn't really like the music at the time like i grew up in the 90s and it was, it's kind of a mixture of all kinds of weird stuff it was it was like the 80s, but uh, the the after party of the 80s, you know, where everybody's kind of like way too drunk and uh, they don't know what they're doing and they just want to go home. That was the 90s in many ways. Uh, so I like that. You like that? 
Because I was like, the '80s was just a big party, and the '90s was just the uh, that was the the after party. Drugs and, are today. I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, it's time, it's time, it's time to sober up. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't into that. So I really like the older music. I like the the '70s and the '80s uh, for the most part, and that's some of the '60s too, for sure. Uh, the Beatles and Pink Floyd, a lot of British music, and that's just what uh, got me into wanting to play the electric guitar and that's how i just started playing in bands and uh, writing music which was different than playing violin because i always play somebody else's music and the music was usually written maybe a hundred or a couple hundred years before i was born <laughs> so all of a sudden i'm playing my own music which i think is maybe more interesting or more fun for me maybe not for others but <laughs> depends on whether you like it or not right right so uh uh, because you know you always whenever you play gigs you know people always want to hear songs they want to hear and they're always like play poor sugar pour some sugar on me like uh, no we're gonna play some of my own stuff nice <laughs> so uh so that's kind of how it all started and uh eventually I, I i wanted to like i wanted to do it for a living so i wasn't making enough progress in my hometown so i decided to go to the u.s and uh, I first wanted to go to New York, but I decided, you know, L.A. L.A. sounds pretty sweet with the, you know, the palm trees and nice weather. Mm -hmm, the beach. The beach. Yeah. You know, New York, New York gets cold in the winter. And that's, I was way too used to that uh, in Norway. I was thinking I need a change. I need a, a noticeable difference. I don't know how different it would have been if I'd gone to New York or not, but uh, maybe I shouldn't start thinking about that. It would drive me crazy. <laughs> you know, I think you're onto something because uh, I love this band, um, Ramstein mm -hmm. from Germany, and they oh, yeah. love going to Mexico, you know, probably for the same reason. You know, they want something different, something warm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, Germany, Germany is is, is pretty cold at uh, well in the wintertime. So I can, I can see that Mexico is pretty nice. I would, isn't it pretty nice most of the time, most of the year? So mm -hmm. I would, yeah, probably a good, good choice. <laughs> get some sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you got to get that tan, <laughs> which I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as pale as a marshmallow. It's all good, bro. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what inspires you, bro? Like, does your music just come to you or you have to think about it and just keep trying? Like, no, this works, this don't. Oh, it's, I think the biggest inspiration will always be life. You know, what, the things you do and what happens and what doesn't happen. And it's, uh, I think music is a nice way to uh, express how you feel about something. And uh, you can kind of make it, you can kind of create or, or I may not create, but capture an, an emotion more than just, uh, just writing about it with words. And uh, I really like that. I always think about it when I watch movies that this scene without the music just wouldn't be the same. So it, it makes you feel something. So I like to capture how I feel with uh, with music. And that's just kind of how most of my music was written. It wasn't really sitting down and trying to write something note, you know, one note at a time. It was just I was just hearing the music in my head. And then it's just a matter of writing it down. So very early on, I had to learn how to write music on a computer because I was hearing 
drums. I was hearing keyboards and guitars and I just had to write it down. Otherwise it would just be forgotten. And, and you know, it's nice to have a little recorder and things like that, but when you can write things down on a computer and you can hear it back within, you know, minutes uh, of, of actually writing or coming up with an idea, it, it's, it's really amazing. It's, it's a really great thing. So I, uh, I just, I adopted that really quickly. I think I was like a, about 12 when I started writing music on a computer and uh, it's just really changed everything because before that, I mean, I started writing when I was maybe 11 and it was just memorizing it, playing, playing it on an acoustic guitar and then memorizing it just in my head, never wrote anything down. And just, I had three songs and these are my songs, three songs and they're all in my head. And of course, when you get to 30 songs and 50 songs, it's just, you just can't remember all of it like that. So I, I realized, okay, got to write the things down on the computer. So that's kind of became my process. And most of my songs are written that way. But uh, sometimes it's just playing guitar and you're just playing and all of a sudden you're just playing something really cool. And then you make a song out of it. And other times you're thinking about, you know, this word sounds cool. I think that's kind of how I wrote the, my first single. Uh, it's called Rockstar. It was just, it was just, I'm a rock star. Like it was just, it sounded cool. Like sometimes it's just because it sounds cool. That's, mm -hmm. that's how you sort of, it, it becomes a chorus that way. And then you write around it and uh, then it becomes a full song eventually. It's, it's, it's fun. Really, really catchy. You can't get it out of your head. Right. You got to be catchy. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you've written a lot of songs. Like how many, um, albums you got out well i i only have one album out and uh that's because it it uh you know it sometimes it takes time to put something together and uh it's called firestorm it, it uh it came out 2019 and uh, uh i'm working on my next one now but i've written hundreds of songs so uh I, i'm looking forward to putting out more because it's uh this is only the beginning i uh I wrote Firestorm basically as a, it was like, it was really the fourth album. So now we're, the next one is going to be what was really supposed to be the first one. And I did it that way because I wanted to learn a few things before I did this one, because this one's kind of a little trickier in the way it's, uh, the way it's done and performed. So I wanted to have everything figured out before I did this one, because it, it's, I think it's a very special album and uh, hopefully people will appreciate it when it comes out. It's been through a lot. It's been through a lot of changes. It's like a it's like a plastic surgery, a nightmare in a way. It's just uh, it's like a Frankenstein almost uh, uh, at this point because of all the changes it's it's been going through. But uh, uh, but uh, I think that's the way to do it. You have to sometimes you have to admit that your ideas that you had when you were twelve maybe aren't perfect, but there is something there. So it's a matter of taking what's good and getting rid of the bad, and uh, making the most of it. Yeah, man, constantly evolving. I love it. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. And then, you know, <laughs> like sometimes I think, like, you know, if I got a tattoo when I was 12, it'd probably be dumb. I would probably regret <laughs> it. It's like a Power Ranger or something. <laughs> like, I like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I still do. So if it's right, well, maybe that's the best one to get. <laughs> Something's never changed. I think you're onto something here, bro. <laughs> 
And yeah. so um, this second album that you're working on. So what inspired your first album? Uh, I wrote Firestorm when I was 16, for the most part, uh, maybe a little bit 15 and a little bit 17. It was definitely done by, by the time I was 17. So you can already think about where you were when you were 16. It's like, okay, it's sort of that period when you're, you're a teenager, but you're starting to feel like, okay, I'm starting to become an adult. And that's kind of what I wanted to write about, you know, making your, your dreams come true and, and dealing with uh, the emotional side of being, being a teenager. And you're thinking about all the things you want to do and am I going to be able to do it or am I not going to be able to do it? And you just have all those thoughts in your head. I just, I just wanted to write it down. So it's really just this long sort of thought process. And uh, it made, it made, sort of a lot of sense to me because it was very personal, but I realized now that maybe it's, it's so personal. Maybe it's a little, it's a little enigmatic. Maybe it's a little tricky for people to know what it's really about at first. So hopefully people are willing to ask questions instead of just uh, shoving it away that they're, you know, this, this, this album requires uh, curiosity, I think. Mm, Nice. Which, uh, which I think is, which, you know, I'm influenced by a lot of the, the bands that like Pink Floyd, like they made albums, they made songs that it was a mystery. And that's I thought that was cool, like not knowing what the song is about, because if you have a song and you say, I like hamburgers, well, you know what that song is about. It's about <laughs> hamburgers and liking them. <laughs> no, I, so I, I love that. That's that's a very good way to put it, because Pink Floyd, I love Pink Floyd. Yeah, you're right. They're a mystery, dude. I I watched their movie Pink Floyd: The Wall. Yeah, and it took me like three times to understand. There's actually a plot to it. Like, right, right. I thought it was just a whole bunch of random trippy shit, and then on the I... time, I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's about his life. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a uh, uh, that's a good example because uh, The Wall was a big influence. I love that music, and the movie's great. And uh, it's just something that is is not something you you don't know what it's about when you first hear it, but you still just say, "Wow, this is really this is really something special." So that's really cool. And and the man who produced uh, my album, uh, his name is Kim Richards, and he actually worked on the wall. So so that even makes it even cooler having that uh, actually having a person that was involved with something that you 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 listen to so many times uh so so that's really cool <laughs> okay yeah, man that that's pretty impressive yeah and uh it's just the you know hearing like and i never wanted to be try to be like somebody else but we're all influenced by things and we we listen to this music and we watch those movies and and we're we have hobbies and all these things and everything everything we do is what creates our identity and it's really important to sort of figure out what you want it to be and maybe sometimes you have to look at yourself and say okay maybe this is not good maybe this is bad and uh but also what your what influences you is is you know something that you don't want to you don't necessarily want to just want to copy what somebody else is doing you want something to be your own and you want it to be something special and and that's you know it takes time to develop that and uh, but I think it's it's better that way than just being like a Beatles cover band or somebody that's trying to sound like the Beatles or wanting to be like mm-hmm. like uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, it's 
I'd rather be influenced by Led Zeppelin or, or, you know, something like a band like that than to try to be like them, you know? The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News. The history and future of black people. A realistic assessment. Finally, a book that breaks free of the narrative. A book that takes on the misinformation of the white liberal. Learn how the Democratic Party created the KKK and Jim Crow laws that turned dogs and hoses on black Americans in the 1960s. Find out the real motive for affirmative action and purging the past. Follow along the exciting African battles in Zululand and Ethiopia where warriors with spears beat back advanced armies. Imagine a future of a Wakanda-like city being planned in Senegal by music artist Akon. This book has it all. Find out more at Amazon.com backslash author backslash Roderick Edwards. Yeah, very true. You got to have your own spin on it, your own, you know, stamp on it. And, you know, people don't realize how hard that is. Uh, um, I had a guitar, I had an electric guitar, and I would, I, I, I was too lazy to practice enough, so always sucked at it and like sometimes i have beats or like cool songs in my head i'm like oh that's badass i'm like all right i'm gonna play it then i'm like fuck i can't do it (laughs) you know it's so hard to just bring it to life you know and especially if you're trying to put your own spin on it and not copy somebody else like that's that's very difficult it is and uh sometimes uh, and sometimes when you're trying to be unique it just ends up being weird. So you're finding that balance between something that is unique and something that is, uh, dare I say the word uh, commercial, so that uh, people actually want to, to uh, listen to it or, or want to be a part of it. It's a, it's, it's a tricky balance sometimes because there are so many ways to do something and there are so many genres. You know, if you listen to it, so there's some very strange jazz out there and there are, there, you know, there are people that like it. There are, you know, maybe a small, small group of people that like it and they really like it. And that's great. But sometimes you just you want to do something that you identify with that. But also a lot of people, a lot of other people identify with it so that it, it almost becomes a community. You know, when you look at big bands like ACDC or Metallica, they just have these huge fan bases or, or Kiss is maybe a better example. You know, people put the Kiss makeup on. They go to KISS conventions. They go to KISS concerts. It's a lifestyle. It becomes their life is, you know, I'm a KISS fan. That's what I do. You know, that's my life. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. That's more than just, oh, I heard the song on the radio and it was nice, you know, and that's it. You know, like it becomes more than that. And I think that's a really, really awesome thing. 
I, I agree with you 100%, especially back in those days, you know, when kids, when they, you know, put the face paint on and they would put fake blood in their mouth and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in those days, people were like, that's a devil worshiper. You know, so if you were absolutely kid, you were like an outcast, you know, people are like, don't hang around with that. He's a weird kid, you know, so you're kind of taking a leap of faith right there, you know? Yeah, it's a uh, kiss went through a lot, uh, especially in the beginning. That was uh, it, it was tough because people, they wanted it to be something that it wasn't, you know, they were worshiping Satan and whatever. And uh, it's just they just wanted to entertain. They wanted to put a band together that was really unique and and very entertaining. I think that's that's the attitude that most people should have when they put a band together. I'd, I'd rather see that than a band that looks like they just got out of bed. <laughs> right? <laughs> For real. And then, you know, I can totally relate to how you were saying about, you know, put your own spin on it and be yourself. But sometimes it could be too weird for for most people, you know, because everybody wants to be normal or whatever. But, you know, that reminds me one time I was at work and somebody was playing music and I all I hear is like, I want to fuck you, little Jewish girl. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, but it was a catchy beat. I'm like, yo, what the hell are you listening to? And he's like, oh, it's Frank Zappa. And like, I looked him up and he's, he makes good music, but it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, Frank Zappa definitely is a uh he was a weird uh weird character but he's he's one of those guys that uh he's he's like a musical genius he does he he writes stuff that no one else could write but he also has the lyrics of a madman i mean uh it's just a lot of stuff i wouldn't even say during this interview <laughs> because it's just too much <laughs> Yep, exactly. So he went down that weird rabbit hole, but I mean, he pulled it off. You know, he he owned it though. Like he, people, like he had a a big fan base because of that though. Like he was weird, but a weird in a way that a lot of people liked. And I guess that's that's what you have to figure out is if you're gonna be weird, it has to be at least what is to some people a, an appealing version of of something weird. You know. Uh, even though he, I've I've heard stories about things that he did on stage that I, I would rather not discuss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel you, bro. I've heard the same thing about uh, Gigi Allen. I'm like, oh, he doesn't seem like a cool guy. I mean, well, he's dead now, but the stuff he did on stage, too. I'm like, God, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, I, I get the whole shock factor thing. I remember there's a Norwegian band. They actually had a couple on stage uh, actually having sex like they were like on. It was at a festival, I think. And uh, like they're actually doing it. They're doing it. Whoa. <laughs> and uh, of course, there was a lot of controversy because they're not. I don't think they're allowed to do that. And uh, so they got into trouble. They got in trouble for that. But that's that's the kind of stuff. Do you want to be in the headlines for that or do you want to be in the headlines for, you know, uh, being a, a bestseller or something. I don't know. Winning an award or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, imagine you're trying to make a business deal and they're like, are you that guy that came out on the, in the news for, uh, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> oh, I'm the guy. I'm the creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. But uh, 
Yeah, man. So so your second album that you're working on right now, it, it's it's going to be totally different from your first album. I think it's uh, in some ways it is the the first album was kind of, you know, when I wrote the, the first album, I'd already written three albums. So it was almost uh, I was at this point where I almost wanted to sort of reinvent my own music, if that makes sense. Like I'd written three albums that were kind of, I, I don't want to say that they're the same because they're really not like every, everyone has kind of a, a certain feel to it, but I'd written a certain way. I was influenced by a lot of classical music and, and also guitar players that uh, incorporated classical music into, into their style, like Randy Rhodes and Ingve Malmsteen and Brian May. So like getting that classical influence uh, and but playing it with electric guitars and, and big drum sets was just, that's something that I really enjoyed. And I, I kind of, I think I dialed it back a little bit for, for what became my, my debut album. So the, the next album is going to be, I, in my opinion, more representative of what I do and, and what I want to be known for. And it's, it's now gone through a, a few uh, uh, changes. Uh, lately because I'm trying to get it I'm trying to make something that I will be proud of for the rest of my life and uh, and that, that's important because we only I mean we don't know there's a lot of things we don't know about life so I want to do something that I can really uh, really be proud of and uh, so I'm really just I'm basically uh, breaking myself down and I'm, I'm you know I'm, I get in the in fetal position and then I say okay is it good enough <laughs> no and then i just keep uh keep keep reworking it keep re reworking it but that's i think that's the process you have to do you can't uh you can't uh worship your, your yourself because that's how you end up with something that you you say why did i do that why did i why did i let it be like that because you know every artist even even like the biggest artists and the ones that we love and uh, think they're great they all have that that album that they made when they're they've already been successful they've already been uh you know uh they've already sold lots of albums they, they don't really need to put a new album out and they put something out and it's just kind of you know like it's just bland and it's because nobody tells them no because they're a big band and they're gonna sell anyway they're gonna probably sell you know it's gonna go platinum or something anyway no matter how terrible it sounds and i i my philosophy is that no matter, no matter what the success is, I want the quality to be there. I, I, even though I, I like to, I like to say that I've written hundreds of songs. I also want to say I don't necessarily uh, think that every song is, you know, is the biggest hit. So I want to, like, I want to be careful about what I put out, which I think is 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 the right thing to do. You don't want to put out a bunch of albums and have people say. You know, this is just, you know, it's okay. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, big, the biggest stars of all time, like Michael Jackson and Prince, you know, they were very careful about what they put out in their lifetime. And then they pass away. And then all of a sudden, their family or their record labels starts putting out their, the songs that they didn't want to put out. So, you know, it's a tricky balance. So we'll see what happens. Wow, I never thought about that. You know, them putting out the songs that they didn't want to come out. Yeah, because you got to keep in mind that when 
at least, well, I shouldn't say all, but most artists, they go into a studio, they may record 20 or 30 songs, and then they release maybe 10 or 15 of them. And what happens is that either the songs that they don't put out end up on a maybe the next album or maybe an album down the road. Or like ACDC did that recently with their most their newest album. Uh, they put out songs that they had uh, that they had worked on for years and they just didn't know what to do with them. And then they finally decided to make a, a record with them. But, uh, you know, at some point you say, okay, this song is good, but it's not that good. I don't know what to do with it. So they put it away. And then when they die, the record label or the family, they say, well, we think these songs are great and we want to, we want to show the fans what the, you haven't heard. And then it's, it's a kind of a conflict there because I personally, I like like all the, the, the Michael Jackson songs that uh, w- uh, were released after he uh, passed away. I think they're great. I think, uh, well, not all of them. But I think there's a lot of great songs there. But I also know that this is something that Michael didn't want to put out. So it's like, ah, I don't feel good about that. So my mentality is that uh, anything that I make a demo of, and I made so many demos at this point, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I have hundreds of songs actually recorded. It's not just uh, you know, a piece of paper with some lyrics on it. It's like we're talking fully recorded demos. If, if those songs were, were put out after I died or something, if, if whatever, whatever happens to me, it sounds, sounds very morbid. But all I'm thinking is I, I think I would be okay with it because everything I recorded were at, at least at a point where I said, I want to record this. So at least it had my approval at the time. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everything that you've recorded, you kind of gave it all your all. You know, you're pretty hard on yourself, I bet. Uh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have an idea and it sounds really cool in your head. And then you 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 record it, you play it, you sing it. And it sounds different and you can't put your finger on it. And, and it's not it's like. And that's generally what happens with the song is that it, it just it sits there because you're trying to figure out. What is it that it needs? And uh, that's really what I've been doing with the songs for the next album is, is I try something else. I try something different. Sometimes it's maybe trying it in a different key. It could be uh, try a different instrument, try a different, maybe even just a different guitar sound. Everything or maybe adding something, adding a guitar solo or adding something or a melody, uh, you know, just developing it until you, until your, your, your foot, can't stop moving when you're listening to it. You know, that's the trick. Mm-hmm. You got to get that foot going. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're excited for it. Oh, yeah. Awesome, oh, man. So um, any release date yet for your second album or is it still in the works? It's still quite a ways. Uh, I would say it's, uh, it's, it's quite a ways right now where uh, I'm, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting close to having the demo or what I call my demos. And once I feel like I, I feel confident with my demos, I will start rehearsing the, them uh, with my band and that will change it because they're going to add some of the like little things. But sometimes when you have musicians actually play it, they say, you know, what if we did this or we make this little change? And it's minor stuff, but it, it, it adds to it and it makes it better. And uh, that's that will be the second process. And once 
we feel conf- confident about the songs. Essentially, trying to get them to sound good in a, in a rehearsal studio, which is sometimes a little tricky because you're not really there's not really a lot of you know the sound quality in a in a rehearsal room is not it's not the greatest. It's, it's a it's a small room. It's <laughs> it's uh there's not much there's no audience there's nothing i mean it's 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 very bare bones if it can sound good in there if we're if we're feeling it in there then we know that when we go into a studio uh it's gonna it's gonna rock it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna happen <laughs> awesome man i'm excited for it and where can people find your music find all your stuff uh the easy the easiest way is probably rockykramer.com there's links there to social media to uh to amazon for the if you want to get the vinyl you can get a vinyl firestorm it's an hq uh 180 gram vinyl nice that, uh because we're doing it uh we're doing it properly you know uh there are there apparently people don't care so much about cds anymore but vinyl is happening people like vinyl so oh. uh and if, if you are one of the few people who like cds then uh, it is also available on cd and on uh all the streaming services, even those uh, currently not on Spotify. Awesome, man. I'm excited for it. And um, I'd like to thank you very much, man. And keep, keep kicking ass, bro. Oh, th- thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You have a good one. Yeah, you too. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh, yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace